Welcome to the Denker Capital Podcast, where our highly experienced team of in-depth thinkers and other experts share their insights on a range of investment-related topics. In this podcast, we have conversations about developments in South African and global markets and what these may mean for investors. We analyze specific stocks and sectors and explore general themes relating to the fundamental principles that underpin sound investment decisions in an ever-changing world. Today is the 17th of October 2022, and we have all of the Denk Capital Portfolio Managers chatting to Nigel Barnes about the current and near-term prospects in the local and global areas that they cover. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Uh, quite a, a big crowd in the room today um, because I'm joined by um, all of the portfolio managers from, um, from the team here at Denk Capital. Going around the table, Koki Koyman, Claude Van Kijk, um, Jan Mankies, Madlet Sessions, and Jacobus Ostazen. Um, we have 11 or so weeks to the end of the year. So I thought it might be a good idea to get um, the team around the table and, and really just ask one question. What do they see as the prospects for the year and how this might impact any material changes they make to each of their portfolios? So... It's a uniform question to each of you guys. Um, welcome to you all. Let's start um, at home. Claude, can I um, throw this open to you? Um, I'm going to ask everyone to keep their response quite short, and then we're going to come to Madeleine at the end um, to wrap up from a sort of multi-asset perspective. But Claude, welcome. Thanks, Nigel. Um, I think, Nigel, the, the first point to make is from a prospects point of view, uh, the near-term outlook is likely to remain, I think, very challenging and, and pretty volatile. We've seen in a high inflation across the board, and, and in particular if we look at food inflation, which if you listen to the likes of Pick and Pay and, and ShopRite, they're talking about food inflation at around about the 10% sort of level. So if you add this with high energy costs and rising interest rates, there's no doubt that is likely to squeeze the, the SA consumer. And we must keep in mind that if we look at food energy and the cost of credit forms a pretty large proportion of the consumer's budget. So, you know, the impact will be felt, especially over a period where we typically move into a fairly busy Christmas festive season. So in a nutshell, I think we'll start seeing that negative impact coming through in terms of retail sales data over the coming quarters. And I think if we add to that, if we look at the impact of the transnet strikes on the resources sector, um, that's also something we need to keep in the back of our minds. We've been unable to export key commodities, including platinum, coal, and the likes of iron ore, and that will rub off on the fiscus. But having said all of that, um, this is not new to, to us. Uh, South Africans, I think, have dealt with these issues many times over. So I think very much it, it would be business as usual. Um, and we must also keep in mind that the market is forward-looking. So a lot of this, these sort of impacts are already reflected in share prices, already reflected to a large extent potentially in the currency as well. On the second part of your question in terms of the material changes, we haven't made any significant changes. A lot of these risks we factor into our thinking and overall positioning in the portfolio as part of our risk management process. We also run pretty diversified portfolios across industrials, financials, resources, also mid and small and large cap stocks. 
And we do have the benefit relative to our peers that we do have larger exposure to what we believe are fairly attractively valued smaller and mid-cap shares. And I think maybe the final point to make where, where we have made a few changes in the portfolio is the recovery that we're seeing in the hospitality sector. So if we look um, at quick service restaurants, activity le levels have increased quite dramatically. We see that benefit coming through, we believe, in the likes of famous brands. Um, hotel occupancies are improving on the back of both business and leisure travel. Um, that, we believe, will be good for the likes of City Lodge. And then the recovery in the gaming sector, and that together with the improved activity we're seeing in hotel occupancies should benefit the likes of Sun International. So all three of those counters we have added more recently to the portfolio, and hopefully our clients will see the benefit of, of that over time. Okay, grateful. Thank you. Um, Jan, you sit as part of the, the local equity team. I mean, from a small and mid-cap perspective, how would you, what would you add to what Claude's told us? Yeah, I think Claude's covered, covered most of it, but I, I think it's true that the world is a different place um, compared to maybe six months or so ago. Uh, interest rates are, are now expected to, to go quite a bit higher. The cost of living uh, is now pushing through onto the SA consumer as well. So there has been in the last few months uh, been a lot of talk around the health of the consumer and how that uh, comes through into, into company earnings. So from that point of view, um, you know, we, we are seeing some, some stress out there uh, from, from the consumer point of view. Um, but we do believe that, uh, you know, focusing on good quality companies, companies with strong balance sheets, um, these companies are, are often well-placed to, um, to continue to thrive in, uh, in this environment. So from that point of view, um, I think banks are probably uh, very well-placed, they're well-provided, uh, strong capital, and they're getting the benefit from the endowment effect of, of higher rates. Probably the credit uh, retailers could be under a bit uh, more pressure. But um, as Claude has said, um, you know, the recovery in uh, a number of the leisure uh, stocks is, is something that, that we see as an opportunity. We continue to see value in small and mid caps, uh, a lot of the stocks that, that, that I cover. But you will notice that all the names that Claude mentioned are in that small and mid cap space. And, and I think from that point of view, it is a, a part of the market that is a little bit uh, isolated from some of the global headwinds that, uh, that, that, that we are seeing. And then also we've had some very good updates from some other small and mid-cap stocks like Carp Agri and CMH. We're looking forward to their results in the next few days. And uh, I think those companies will continue to, to, to do well, uh, despite the slightly tough environment. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. Thank you, for, and, and thank you, Jan. Not on the local side. Um, we'll cover us over to you now. Global headwinds, as, as Jan said, has been a, been a challenging year on the, from a global perspective. Um, your thoughts? Uh, Nigel, uh, it's, it's been a challenging year. I think that's what you could expect after 10 years of easy money in the system. Um, very low interest rates. We're coming from very low interest rates. Massive liquidity injections in, in the global money system. And we're experiencing the, the unwinding of that. And, um, and so we're seeing a lot of volatility. And in the market, the market is very much fixated on when will the Fed pivot, 
to a more dovish policy. And so it's all about uh, when, when will inflation and interest rates peak. So we think um, it's going to be very difficult to bring inflation under control. We're dealing with structural issues like uh, deglobalization, tariffs, sanctions, labor constraints. We think government's ability to service interest rates, high interest rates, is very limited, and also the political will to to push up rates um, sufficiently to bring inflation under control is going to be very limited. Um, so we are seeing a lot of opportunities in the market due to this because of the higher cost of money. There's a lot of uh, for sellers in, in this market. And we see a lot of the companies that, that could actually benefit from this environment are, are selling off. So two, two examples is Ashted and, and Ferguson, which we think both could benefit a lot from uh, CapEx spend in, in the US uh, and from onshoring as as manufacturing cap- capacity is brought from Asia back to the US and, and Europe. You can just think about recent developments around uh, semi-chips where, where the US is putting a lot of sanctions on, on manufacturers in, in Asia. A lot of that capacity will have to come back to, to the US and, and Europe and these two names will actually benefit from that. And and they're sold off for the rest of the market. So we think it's a, it's one of those markets where um, good companies get, get sold off um, due to no reason. And, and we've been buying more of, of those two specific names. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you. Talking to you now, um, Jan mentioned the endowment effect of rising rates on the, the banking sector. I know something, that's something you've been talking about for a while now. But just from a global perspective in the, in the financial sector, your thoughts? Yeah, Nigel, um, and I say in the 35-odd years that I've been in the markets, uh, I've never seen the bank sector as strong in terms of capital and reserves and as healthy in terms of their loan books. Um, and that's largely thanks to all the regulatory changes post-2008. And at the same time, being as, as undervalued in terms of just price to NABs. So clearly, the market is is following the traditional pattern of selling banks when you're heading into a recession, you know, because of the fear of bad debts, but missing, you know, the changes that have, have taken place. And the results coming through now again, and that will come through this month, will clearly show that. But the market is still driven by fear of the bad debts. We do know that once this the cycle ends and the recession has passed its peak, then banks do rally strongly. And, and so we think that will stop, that will definitely happen because then you get stronger loan growth again and then the market sees that the bad debts weren't as bad. So we're very confident about and, and, and sleep well at night at the moment. The outlook is still poor, so hence the market's emotionality. And especially in the UK, where the recent changes has almost changed into a dog show. <laughs> you know, I mean, the stress might be gone by the time we sent this podcast out. Sure. Uh, so, and how do you invest in times like that? But UK banks are already down 35% so in a few weeks. So the market reacts immediately. And so UK banks are almost now rather a buying and a selling opportunity because of what the market's already done. So in terms of our own changes, we've made very few changes. We actually did sell a bit of UK banks um, in the run-up 
you know, getting worried about what could happen, never anticipating it could be that bad. And with hindsight, we always should have done more. We should have cut half the possession. Uh, we moved that into countries like Brazil, Indonesia, uh, that are quite far away from the war, far away from the UK, benefit from, you know, the resources, from food, inflation, from... Um, so, yeah, um, in terms of what the rest we're doing now, we're actually really happy with the portfolio we've got, the results that are starting to come through show that. Um, and so the outlook is, is now, I think, we're way past the part of the cycle where you want to withdraw money or increase cash. Uh, you're getting much closer to where the risk return is, is, is positive. So you want to replace uh, fear with FOMO. I mean, the next part of the cycle, you're going to be missing out. You know, once once it turns, and it can happen very quickly, China exits COVID, strong rebound, um, yeah, the war ends, that's unlikely, but you know, we've been surprised before. But I think where the valuations are now, you're much more poised for a positive shock uh, than negative. The negative shocks are really priced into the bank sector. Thanks, Scotty. Um, Madeleine, let me come to you now. I think, I, I think just overall, um, each member of the team has talked about the challenging environment, um, but have all talked about the opportunities that exist. You run the multi-asset business here at, um, at Denker Capital, so you, in effect, talk to each of these guys on a day-to-day basis and, and, and the building blocks make up. I don't know what you do. How do you see things? Very grateful that everyone started with all the risks um, and then moved on to the opportunities. That's um, that's nice. Um, all this shows there's been a people have heard me. Risks are important. What do I think? I think if you look at the market, by and large, the market no longer really worries about long-term inflation risks, which I think um, I think that is quite surprising. So we worry about it, and so our portfolios continue to try and mitigate against inflation risks, both unbalanced and unstable. But also, as you heard from everyone in the in the room, there are opportunities out there, and um, we try and bank them. So we are on the margin allocating additional capital offshore to the equity markets, um, as you well know. We don't know what the future is. The future is definitely different from what the market used to think it would be, but you are now buying that future at 20, 20 odd percent cheaper than it used to be. And so it is inappropriate to have had an equity allocation in December, have taken some losses on that and not reallocate reallocate capital into that position. So on the margin, we are increasing our exposure to risky assets, doing so in a measured way, all the while trying to protect not downside so much as specifically inflation risk to investors, which is a hidden downside. If your portfolio is not maintaining the run rate of the inflation, you are actually losing capital for your investors. So we are desperately looking for assets to help us do that while banking the opportunities. Thank you, guys. Um, Claude, as you you said, markets are forward-looking. Thank you all for your, your thoughts as you run up towards the end of the year. You got a was it changed fear for FOMO, Conky? Um, quite like that yeah, one. It was good, so yeah. uh, it was good, yeah. So, um, but thank you all. Um, 
all the best for the rest of the year and I'm sure we'll speak to you all again over the next few weeks. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you found it interesting. If you would like to join us again, please subscribe for more investment insights. To find out more about our team and the funds we offer, please visit our website at denkercapital.com. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily represent those of Denker Capital. This podcast does not take the circumstances of a particular person or entity into account and is not advice in relation to an investment. Please do not rely on any information without appropriate advice from an independent financial advisor. The value of investments may go down as well as up, and past performance is not a guide to future performance. Denker Capital is an authorized financial services provider in South Africa.